Hey, welcome back to Lisa and Leo on this beautiful Monday. You know, I'm the one who has the view out out the window here. And it's February, and it may as well be, I think, like mid-April. I know. It's beautiful, isn't it? It it is. It's it's like springtime out there. It sure is. Global warming. You know, what's so bad, by the way, about global warming? If this is what we're going to have... Uh-huh. What's so bad about it? Okay, so the people in Phoenix will go up to 120 degrees. It's beautiful here. Something that they're really concerned about. I'm going to start driving my eight-cylinder truck now to help <laughs> contribute to keeping the weather warm here. You are not. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. We also have a listener question, and it is for Leo. Ooh. So we will get to that in a little bit. But before we do... Dump them. Let's talk about the (laughs) Grammys, baby. We watched the Grammys last night. We did. Tell me what your immediate takeaways are. Now, I'm not an audiophile. uh, Or file, is it audiophite? Whatever you might want to call them. Audiophile. But you're a music lover. Oh, no, I love music. I love music. And, And I've only gotten into the whole audio thing since we started doing our... Our radio shows and now podcasts where, mm-hmm. you know, we've got wires running all over and boxes <laughs> and knobs and things like that. But honest to God. Knobs to turn. I think I could have done a better job mixing the music from our bathroom than, they, than they did on, on some of the songs last yeah, night. Yeah, there were some audio glitches for sure you that I noticed. You couldn't really hear the vocalist. And, and the irony Sometimes is... Sometimes that's true. You know, with unless it's just an instrumental, you want to hear the vocals. Well, I loved, even though I missed it, I had to watch it on YouTube this morning, Tracy Chapman's comeback, singing a duet of her song, Fast Car, which came out in 1988. I remember it. I mean, what a wonderful song. And here you have a country star, Luke Combs, who decides, and by the way, this is one of his favorite songs growing up, according to him, not only to re-release it, but to get to sing a duet with Tracy Chapman on the Grammy stage. That was pretty spectacular, I thought. Now, this is going to talk about our age, which is maybe not always a good thing. But I was really touched at two things last night. Tell me. And I almost had a tear on one of them. Not (laughs) not quite, but almost. I'd never admit if I did. Um, The one was... uh, uh, Joni Mitchell, growing up with this music. She had and, such an amazing and voice, to hear, and she still does. She does, and to see her again, and knowing all the things that she had to go through to learn how to speak again and what have you, it was honestly very, very touching really to see was. her. And, and then finally, at the last presentation of the evening, uh, never been a huge Celine Dion fan, but to know what she's going through right yeah, now, yeah. and to see her out there... Um, and doing as as well as she was. We had a client with that. It's really debilitating. We did? Yeah, I had a, a bankruptcy client when I was doing the uh, legal aid pro bono work. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and she only had uh, a certain amount of time that she thought she would be on this earth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a very, very serious, debilitating uh, and uh, terminal disease. Yeah. I don't know Killer Mike's music. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But apparently he won three Grammys last night and then was arrested (laughs) for some sort of altercation. I guess some sort of... It was a battery, right? Battery charge. So so 
that was a little wild. I don't know that anything. Well, I think you lose your street like that cred. Has ever happened? You lose your street cred no, when, you might when you're get na- more. No, because you now you're not more. killer Mike. You're now you're just simple battery <laughs> Mike. I mean, you're you're dealing with you know felony Mike versus misdemeanor Mike. I mean, felony Mike would have gotten you know ten thousand dollar bail, fifty thousand dollar bail. Apparently, killer Mike got released on his own recognizance. That is so funny. So talk to me about Miley Cyrus, who's really grown up, very sexy young lady, writing some really good music, and her body was so toned. It was a wow. It it was, yeah. Too many tattoos. Sorry, I'm not a huge tattoo fan. You remember her as, as, uh, what was the show on Disney? Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. That was it. (laughs) You know, first of all, I would never say that this young She's girl was, was really woman. sexy because it would just sound creepy coming from me. Coming from <laughs> you, it's okay. But yeah, she's a hot chick. We've watched so many of these artists grow up, essentially. Mm-hmm. We watched Taylor Swift grow up. That's right. I thought some of the, uh, the thank you speeches were truly touching. I mean, the, the one, I don't remember her name. Was it something Coco or something? She won, and, and she truly, she, it sounds like she was out changing somewhere and then came running back in uh, for the award. She was truly touched to have gotten this award. That was SZA. No, that wasn't SZA. It was the, the brand new, it was the new. She was the one that was crying and said, I'm a terrible crier, I'm an ugly crier, or something like that. Right, but I... The, the Who was one, backstage and took a shot and came running out with her phone in her hand? No, I think I think that she was... was I think she was dressing, and I thought that was the girl who won the, like, the brand new artist award. No. But some of them were very touching. Others, uh, Taylor Swift getting up and saying, hey, thanks, by the way, I'm going to tell you a secret. I have a brand new album coming out, and I'm going to go backstage now and tweet about it. I, think I wasn't it was, really into that. No, I, well, that was Taylor. I think it was Victoria Monet who was the best new artist. Okay. And she was very humble and sweet. Yeah, and let's hope that they stay that way. But Jay Z was a surprise. Well, first of all, if I were Beyonce, yeah, I don't know if I would need my husband up there telling people that they shouldn't diss me and it's time for me to get best album of the year. Well, why hasn't that, she? Well, I mean, I she's know. a super. I mean, any way you put it, she's up in the same category in my mind, uh, success-wise, as Taylor Swift. Some artists are excellent, Beyonce, without a doubt. There are many wonderful things that she contributes: writing, singing, performing. Correct. Now, Beyonce has really gorgeous sets, beautiful costuming. It doesn't appeal to everyone and so i think when the academy is voting on best album of the year mass appeal now i could be wrong i mean it's personal taste there's one thing jay-z said last night that was really true it's about taste art is about personal taste and preference it's subjective right so if 50 people love category a and 10 people love category b even if category B is the best in that class of yeah. music, I don't think it's going to get album of the year. And I think that's what's going on with Beyonce. And, you know, these award shows are finicky anyway. There are so many times, even with the Oscars, where you have a phenomenal part for a phenomenal actor. Right. That's and true. And they get completely passed over. And you're thinking, right. what the heck? 
Like, how did they miss this? Well, Margot Robbie and uh, Barbie is the perfect example well, of that. But, but here's an example. Barbie is a film that isn't necessarily for everyone. No, but I think why she didn't Even get it. Even though the financial success was yeah. there. I don't know that that's a film that appeals to everybody. See, I think Margot Robbie didn't get the nod was because they really just didn't think she was acting. <laughs> that could be. And I and I don't know honestly that Ryan Gosling was acting either. So <laughs> And that's why they made it the perfect couple. They they did. But back to the Grammys. One last thing about the Grammys. One last thing? Well, oh, I had more. But oh, go ahead. no, no, no. Oh, I'm I'm not oh, Go ahead. Far be it for me to cut you off. <laughs> Billy Joel coming out with the first song in what was it, 30 some years? 30 years, yeah. I mean, holy cow. Tell me. Tell me how you felt. Oh, I felt great. But, you know, first of all, when he started playing on the piano, I really thought it sounded like one of his old songs. I mean, it almost felt like he took the melody, or at least the beginnings of it, from one of his old songs. Yeah, turn the lights back on. Uh, and, And then... Uh, you know, his, his voice is, is, is still okay, but it was just, you know, it was just an emotional thing being that when I'm driving long distances in the car before we had, you know, streaming services, mm-hmm. I would put in my Jimmy Buffett eight pack of, of CDs. <laughs> I would put in James Taylor mm-hmm. and I would put in Billy Joel's greatest hits volume one and two. Mm-hmm. And now I, when I'm driving, I will ask Alexa to play Billy Joel's Greatest Hits, Volume 1 and 2. So I not only kind of grew up or grew older, I didn't grow up on Billy Joel, I guess more or less I grew older with Billy Joel, to see him back out there uh, with a, a new song. And it sounds like from the interview that they did with the kid that met up with him or the 30-something that met up with him because his wife was able to arrange a meeting, a luncheon meeting with Billy Joel, yeah, who, by the way, cool. ordered, the, ordered the lunch to go, <laughs> but did. then ended up spending two hours with him. And this guy, over two years, convinced him to put out a new song. It almost sounds like he was just in a funk. Yeah. He said he just didn't want to write anymore, didn't care about it. Yeah. So, you know, who knows if we'll ever get anything new from him. But Oh, I'm but it, sure you will. it was this great is, to see. Hey, this is his first new song in 17 years. I think the, the bug has bitten. I think he realizes that he's still relevant. I have a feeling that if you're out of the limelight for 30 years, you wonder if you're still relevant again and if it even means anything to people if you resurface. Well, he's but, been doing concerts, so it's not that he hasn't been. Yeah. He's just been doing his, his body of work, which That's is right. just massive. Yeah, he's very talented the, oh, the, still. The best video still was Christy Brinkley getting I out of that limousine with, with those legs that were like <laughs> four miles long. And you're thinking every guy who is not that attractive like Billy Joel and like me are thinking, how in the world did he get this girl? Uptown girl. Well, let's go back to Jay-Z for a second. Okay. What do you think about him bringing Blue Ivy with him up onto the stage? What was that all about? I didn't understand what that was about. I thought perhaps it was because uh, Beyonce was going to get called up to be a presenter or something and they didn't want to leave the young girl uh, alone at the table. But... That apparently was not the case. Maybe just so, to make her part of the overall experience. I don't know. Oh, I think so. She, look, she she was wonderful up there. She almost looked scared. 
up there. And apparently I don't think she, she looked scared. I think she was looking at her dad and saying, really, dad, this is the stuff that's and, coming out of your mouth. And apparently, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And apparently no, because she has her own Grammy. She I mean, does. how old is she? 13 or 15 or something? You know what I didn't like about Jay-Z? And, and I, I like him. I have a lot of respect for him and what he's achieved. First of all, he comes out and he's dissing the Academy for panning his wife. Yeah. Right? He, he did. Not necessary. Well, at least he didn't come up and slap the presenter. But then he says, and some of you don't even belong in the category, which I think is just downright mean. And it's not necessary to say on a night when people are all excited and they're up there accepting awards. And a lot of these artists have worked really, really hard to get where they they have. Yes, they have. So he's passing judgment on everybody, on the Academy, on some of the artists that he thinks aren't worthy of the awards that they're getting. And then he says, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. So his truth is the truth, apparently. That really bugged me. And I thought, Jay-Z, you are taking away from who you are by bringing yourself down to such a petty level. It just seemed very petty to me. So I wanted to get that out there. I, I didn't like it. I didn't think it belonged Tell there. us how you really feel. <laughs> but the weirdest part, and I think it had to do with maybe staging, timing, communication backstage, was the In Memoriam segment. Oh, it was horrible this year. Well, first of all, I loved Stevie Wonder. Up. I loved Stevie Wonder up there with Tony Bennett. Yeah. I thought that was great. But before they went into Annie Lennox... I think it was before they went into Annie Lennox. They mistakenly hit the Jimmy Buffett, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. button. And all of a sudden, his face appeared. And then it was pulled away. And there's Annie Lennox on stage with this giant sparkly tear coming out of her eye. Yeah. Now, the song that she sang was a tribute to Sinead O'Connor. Right. And... I thought it was very moving. And at the end, she made a comment about the ceasefire, which I think was kind of a tribute to Sinead's life of activism. Yeah. So, okay. But then we go into John Batiste, who I thought was excellent. Yeah, John was great. But the way they structured it, you go from a very happy, upbeat Stevie Wonder tribute to a very dark and teary Annie Lennox to this beautiful gospel rendition. Oh, weren't by the John backup Batiste. singers unbelievable? Yeah. Oh man. Maybe the order in which they were done just it wasn't right. It was up and then down and then up and then down and it felt very disjointed. And then of course to end it with Tina Turner's tribute. Yeah. Which I thought was was very fitting. The best part of the actual presentation of the Grammy Awards, mm-hmm. the production of the Grammy Awards. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. That's what I was going to say. He's my boyfriend. I love him. I know. He's very smooth. He is. He's very good. And even when he says something controversial, yeah. he says it in such a light and respectful way that it's not a shock he, and He has awe. a childish kind of face, doesn't he? Does. he? I mean, you, he you just probably couldn't stay mad at him. No, he has great delivery also. So that was very, very And nice. Meryl Streep there. I'm, I'm sitting there looking and saying, why in the world is Meryl Streep there? But I didn't realize <laughs> that her son-in-law was some guy who didn't get an award. Some guy. Some guy. 
I, I will tell you, now here's my age. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize 80% of the people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say at least 80% of the people. And you listen to the radio. Oh, I, I listen to the radio all the time. Like, like, honestly, I, I have really grown to like when it comes on the radio, uh, Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. My, I thought that was dark, my, by the way. Miley Cyrus's Flowers. I have loved since the day it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, not only do I love how it sounds, but I love the message. It's a great message. You know, I, it's love, very I love the message. And you noticed a lot of the younger women in the audience all standing up and dancing to it. And it, it showed me that it is a very empowering thing for women to say, hey, I can hold my own hand and I can love myself better. So... That I really liked. It was a very uplifting moment for me. Yeah. But so, so love yourself better, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it better when you love me, Leo. I did like Meryl Streep up there, but her whole, her presence there, you could tell she felt awkward and uncomfortable. And that's the Grammys. When she's at the Oscars, she's so smooth and effortless. And I think she did feel a little bit out of her element up there. But yeah, it was so cool to see her there. She really looks great. So now, the elephant in the room. Oh, is there, is there an elephant? You know, you've been telling me I need to lose weight. So are we <laughs> referring to me or is there something else? Oh, God. Well, let's talk about Travis Scott first. Look, I'm not into the... Is it hip-hop? Is it rap? I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what, what the genre is for him. First, I didn't understand, honestly, in, in anything that he said. And it, and it wasn't because of him. They mic'd him really poorly, I thought. They did. Now, unless it's just our soundbar. Now, mind you, at our house, we have, you know, the 65-inch the television over the fireplace, which... I was having trouble actually making out some of the words on because I believe it's the angle of in our mantelpiece versus our, our the rest of our room. Mm-hmm. So the sound kind of bounces all over. So we bought a sound bar for in front of it. Now, would you say that sound bar improved things by a thousand percent? Oh, yeah. So we don't miss anything now. I mean, everything is crystal clear. I didn't feel that way coming off of his uh, off of his performance, and actually, I was rooting for the fireballs that were shooting up all over the pyrotechnics to like accidentally like do a uh, a, a little uh, a little scorching. Well, you know, I was wondering what was going on at the end with the throwing of the chairs and breaking up everything at the end, and apparently, he and Killer Mike were both nominated for best rap album. Okay. And Killer Mike won the Grammy for that. So the thought is that at the end of Travis Scott's performance, he was taking out a little bit of rage and disappointment in the smashing of the folding chairs and everything at the end. Right. So that explains something that had me totally perplexed. If you've ever, you should Google a picture of his daughter Stormy. With Kylie Jenner. Yeah. She is the most beautiful little girl. And I don't know how her mom is going to hide from her, her father's antics when she gets older. But good luck with that. Just like with Kim Kardashian, I don't know how she protects her kids from Kanye and the crazy stuff that's been coming up online with him. You know, they they, they grow older. I mean, look at Dr. Dre... It is probably one of the most respected 
names in music. Yes. No matter what genre, it doesn't matter. That's true. And his financial success in, in building businesses and what have you, it's unbelievable. That's I mean, it's true. truly unbelievable. And, you know, people kind of mellow out. It's, it's kind of difficult to be running around as a 50-year-old smashing uh, chairs on, on stage. It just doesn't necessarily work anymore. I'll think of it as performance art and uh, well, it is. move on from there. So let's talk about Taylor Swift. Okay. Because, you know, I love her. But it was very strange when she won the first Grammy of the evening. And she said, oh, this is my 13th Grammy. And you know, my it's favorite my lucky number. number. Yeah, if, you don't, if you don't already know. And I have a secret that I've been hiding for two years. And I thought, oh, this sounds intriguing. And I thought it was going to be some kind of a relationship reveal. But she's working on a new record. And... That you knew because you see pictures of her going in and out of Electric Lady Studios all the time. So you know she's doing something fun in there. And apparently her new record is coming out in April. And it had an interesting title, The Tortured Poets Department. Yeah. So, hmm, can't wait to hear. It's the lyrics I, I look forward I, to the most because they tell the story. I've liked a lot of her work. That whole folklore mm-hmm. group of albums, though, I, I just, I think I wasn't uh, into them. Oh, they're some of my favorite of all time. I, I like they her. They were so simplistic. I know. I like her truly bubblegum pop kind of I know stuff. you do. Well, her Midnight's album, one album of the year, and I believe she's the only artist who's won four Grammys for album, album of, of the, the year. year. Yeah, that's right. That's my understanding. That's a pretty big. Yeah. It is. Achievement. And I guess she's on For a plane a now or, or last night and it's doing yeah, a concert she's going in to tonight Tokyo. in Japan. Yeah, yeah. She's doing her few shows. And now the big question is, will she fly back for the Super Bowl, which is in a few days? So yeah. we shall see. What kind of boyfriend doesn't just say, go ahead and find me and uh, and show up for his girlfriend's no, Grammy presentation. No, the Super Bowl is a big deal. And Should be, yeah. I'm sure she knows that there has to be practice. And I hope so. Discipline and, yeah. Travis, don't let this woman lead you astray. <laughs> I was just going to say, Taylor, don't let that man lead you astray. Well, there's, there's the differences. <laughs> so let's talk about the question that came in. No, wait, before we go to the question. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out to our our listeners because you brought this up the other day and it, and it's kind of true and i i guess i have to become i have to release the kraken i believe <laughs> as, as others have said oh my god you've said to me you know you're not as sarcastic as you used to be when we were on the air that's true you've mellowed and and i thought about it and i thought you know what you used to be sarcastic toward me i know but there was also a third person in the room that I could kind of bounce it off of, and then you wouldn't get that upset with me. Oh, you felt safe with Eric in the room? How interesting. Plus, there were times when we just weren't talking, and we wouldn't even drive in to the studio or That's home true. Together. together. So, Leo, this is a safe space. Okay, the, the Kraken is going to be released. So <laughs> just remember out there, because we used to have our friends. It was a local radio station, right? Mm-hmm. We had our friends come up and say, "Oh my gosh, please, guys, don't you, fight." Yeah, you have to stop fighting. We're, you know, we we love you don't guys as a couple. Up. And oh, I was like, <laughs> guys, it's a show. It's true. So I I will try to be a little more sarcastic. Now, just remember, I'm not attacking you, even if even if what you say may be stupid. 
I won't be attacking you on it. Stupid. Okay. Or inappropriate Mm -hmm. uh, or just plain not right. Mm -hmm. I won't be attacking you specifically. Mm -hmm. It is, you've asked me to. It's a show. You've asked me to make my position here to be sarcastic, which by the way, comes naturally to me. I've actually probably been holding it in out of just respect. It totally comes naturally to you. Be yourself, baby. I'm going to be myself. Thank you. I, I, (laughs) I can buy myself flowers. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you can. You can hold your own hand. And you might have to if you get too sarcastic. But go ahead. Say something. No, that's it. I'm, I'm okay. just... Okay. I thought maybe you had some things bottled up that you wanted to get out. No, no. I, no? I, I'm just letting it out. Okay. Well, I'm just glad, by the way, that you're not going gray. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you left that to a vote of the of the studio audience, so to speak. I did. Which is unbelievable because that means my opinion is worth less than the collective. That's not true. I mean, I have veto power, don't we? That was one of our deals getting married is we can veto any decision. Yeah. So thanks guys for not making it into a really awkward situation at home. Yeah, you supported Leo. That's okay. It was a good decision. Here's the question. Can't even imagine you all gray. (laughs) Well, you've seen me all gray. I saw you gray and short-haired, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and people didn't even know who you were. No, they didn't. And that was so weird, by the way. When I was going through my cancer treatment, I cut my hair. I wasn't really losing it, but it was getting thin, and I thought, well, I want to purge all the chemicals and you weren't off allowed, of me, right? You weren't allowed to be dyeing your hair while you were no. going through this period. No, I couldn't. So I cut my hair pretty short, like an inch, an inch long, right? Yeah. And that was all gray, and I let it grow to maybe hmm, below my ear. And then I started to say, I don't know. I need to get that color back in. And finally, I... But people didn't recognize you. Our neighbor across the, the street thought that I was having an affair with this short, gray hair. I mean, this is the honest-to-God truth, though. That's true. <laughs> uh, to where we were both outside, and, and I, her name happened to be Lisa. And we were outside, and I went, hey, Lisa. And she kind of ignored me, and I went, Lisa, what's going on? She finally turned around and looked, and she said, hi, I'm Lisa, to, to Lisa. To introduce herself and to she's me. She's like, Lisa, it's me, it's Lisa. <laughs> she, she goes, oh, my God, what? Really? I thought you... <laughs> He's been having somebody else into the house. I thought he was having an affair with some lady with gray hair, she said. Like that would ever happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was interesting to me was that I was more easily recognizable by my hair than by my face. But everywhere. But the one thing that always gave me away was my voice. Yes. So I remember running into an old friend in the supermarket and... She walked right past me, didn't even recognize me. And when we both got to the checkout, I went up to her and I said, hey, it's me. And she was looking at me, but she was hearing the voice and knew that the voice was mine, but couldn't comprehend the difference in how I looked. And I don't think I looked that different. I mean, my hair was short and it was no, gray. You, did. You, you, had, you look you, at actresses and they go through all these changes. They're right. a redhead, then they're brunette, then but they're your blonde. Fa- your face kind of got a little sunken in. I mean, you you had lost weight. You were yes. you were you were sick. You were dying. I mean, you were really sick. Well, at that point, I wasn't dying, no. but I was recovering from the treatment. Really, Correct. that's right. And it was so 
interesting to me that people associated me with hair rather than facial features. But I used to tell you that. It wasn't a, a good feeling, I could, by the I way. I could find you across an entire room filled <laughs> with people because you had that long, uh, wavy, curly hair. Yeah. Until one of the local guys put Moroccan oil in it and completely ruined it. Well, it wasn't really Moroccan oil. It was... Um, the straightening stuff. Oh, well, it, it, it permanently changed it. It did. Forever. Yeah, it was. All right, what's the question? <laughs> you ready for the question? I, I am ready for the question. Okay, here we go. Hi, Leo. I've been listening to the podcast, and it's been a lot of fun. You seem to be someone I can trust to give an honest answer. Here's my question. Well, there's your first. <laughs> Big mistake. Oh, my God, don't make assumptions. <laughs> Her question is, if I sleep with a guy on the first date and I wind up falling in love with him and want to marry him, does this spoil my chances of ever becoming his wife? Well, uh, are we talking about you falling in love and want to marry him by the end of the first date? I hope not. <laughs> if, if that's the case, uh, y- y- yes. I know, a little too creepy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I don't think that this is a... Uh, a uh, Michael Douglas. Okay, so if, if the question is, let's rephrase the question. For let's try rephrasing it. Okay, Leo wants to rephrase. If your I question. sleep with a guy on the first date, mm-hmm. and and will, will down he the at road, some point want to marry me? If I fall in love with him, and depends I on how marry. good you are on that first date. <laughs> You know, is that true? Well, look, first dates turn into second dates, turn into third dates, and and you know some every marriage. Look, we've been married twenty some years, mm-hmm. right? It started with, well, in our case, it really didn't start with the first date. But if, no, if, it if, didn't. if it were a normal situation, uh, it would have started with a first date. But I wouldn't have slept with you on the first date. Yeah, we could go into so many different things here, Lisa. But, uh, but I, we're not going to. I, I, you know, why, why wouldn't you <laughs> sleep with me on the first date? Uh, I didn't sleep with anybody on the first date that I married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I might have to edit that out. I don't know. No, we'll see. I'd, I'd leave that in. It's it's who you are. Uh, but no, look. But if it's if it's going to really, work, it's going to work. Men I mean, don't want to marry women who are too easy, right? I think it. After a while, look. If you're with somebody for a year or something like that, I, I don't know that they're thinking, "Oh, wasn't the first date great?" If if they're still thinking about your first date at the end of six months, and that's all they can harp on was the first date, then then you got a problem to begin with. True. Right? So, no. So, no problem. No, but, you know. It, Let what, your freak flag fly and right. just go for it on the first date. No, or, look, you, you can do what, uh, I'll give you some advice. Before you go out on that first date, <laughs> take care of business. <laughs> what does okay. that mean? It means do whatever you need to do to... to Get the uh, get the urges taken care of, and so that there isn't a pressure cooker working out. Well, you're speaking but, from a man's perspective but, there, right? No, I'm speaking from her perspective. Okay. If 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 she thinks that you know, if she needs sex on the first date, if if you're into this guy and you really want to uh, kind of uh, hook him, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, isn't it better to be make a him, little make coy? him wait a little bit? I mean, yeah. look, you know, there is a reason why stereotypically we talk about the third date. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So just make sure that that third date ends up happening quickly. <laughs> go, you know what? After your first date with this guy that you're really into, go find an ex on your way home. Oh stop, my stop, God. stop no, off. That's stop, horrible. Stop advice. off at the ex. That's the, horrible. I, I'm sure the advice. I'm sure the ex won't mind to help you out. No, because you know guys, guys will help out their their ex girlfriends uh, if you know they they always st- they always still care enough to, to to help out to lend a helping hand. That's right, so to speak, <laughs> among other things. Okay, uh, and then wait for the call. Look, yeah. guys, you know, look. Guys, I mean, if you don't get the call, you're really gonna feel like a look, guys. Guys, overall. We're pigs. I mean, we're just pigs. We're we're we want one thing. When I have when I have talks with people and I have to explain to them about dating guys, it's we want one thing. And you should make it a little more difficult than like, you know, hi, I just met you. Before we go even out to dinner, before we go to Starbucks, how about we just get down to it? Oh God, bye bye. So, I need to know somebody before I share my body with them at this stage of my life. Whoa. If I were single. Whoa. <laughs> <If> Whoa. I, <laughs> if I Whoa. were single, which Le- I'm not. <laughs> Leo at lisaandleo.com. <laughs> Don't write to Lisa and Leo. Just write to Leo at lisaandleo.com. Oh, God. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. It's been fun. Have a great rest of the evening, and we will catch you on the flip side. Mm.